I do have the, the privilege of introducing our guest preacher this morning, Rick Smith. Many of you, you know him. He has been in our church for, uh, so, well, since they moved here less than a year ago now. Uh, Rick Smith is a very seasoned uh, man uh, who has a shepherd's heart. Seasoned meaning seasoned in ministry, not just life. That was, that was not a jab at that. Uh, Rick uh, has pastored churches. He's helped with the church plants. He is currently the field director for In Faith, uh, which is a missionary agency. He, he and his wife, Vicki, care uh, spiritually and emotionally and physically for, for the, the needs of missionaries around the world. And, and so it's, it's, really, it's really a great honor to have Rick in our congregation. He is, he's a gift to us. He's been a gift to me personally. Um, so Rick will be preaching this morning. He'll continue our series here. Uh, I handed him gluttony, so he'll be dealing with that. So Rick, if you'll come and open God's word for us, we'd be grateful. Thank you. Exciting topic, don't you think? <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking and thinking about food this morning, and uh, I love food. Uh, do I have anybody with me on that? I, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. I grew up in the Midwest on a farm in northeastern Kansas, and as you know, the, the cultural setting you grow up in sort of determines uh, what you really like and what your favorite meal is. And, and guess what mine is? Here's my ideal meal. Uh, Pan-fried chicken, uh, ideally by my mom. Uh, uh, and then mashed potatoes and gravy in great abundance. And the gravy needs to be chicken gravy made from what's left in the skillet uh, of frying the chicken and some of the grease. And you, you just need to smother those potatoes with that gravy. Uh, then maybe corn on the cob, green beans. Uh, who cares about the veggies? Uh, <laughs> and then finally, you top that off with homemade uh, frozen custard and German chocolate cake. That to me is, uh, I just freak out when I'm with, around that kind of meal. I absolutely love it. And it also reminds me of sitting around the table with my family and sitting around at family reunions with my cousins. And uh, those were just sort of fundamental menu items. And uh, so it brings uh, back a lot of good memories. Uh, I wonder what your favorite meal is. Um, you know, it seems to me uh, food is God's idea. He, he made stuff and then humanity with our minds and, and our abilities uh, puts it together in various ways. So there's a great variety of foods uh, and, and it's for our sustenance. It's just fuel for our bodies and minds. Uh, but there's another thing about food, and that is uh, God gave us taste buds. So you know he wants it to taste good. He wants us to have the pleasure uh, of just the fried chicken rolling around my and the warm mashed potatoes and just... Uh, and the German child, who can say enough about that stuff? Well, he wants us to have that pleasure because he designed us that way. If we were designed to eat mud, I'm not sure we would have had taste buds. Uh, and then it seems to me, those of you that are in a community circle, uh, I think most of us have a meal at, at, at the beginning of our time in our small group. Uh, 
there's something about eating together that enhances a community. I, I don't know exactly what it is. It seems like it breaks down barriers. It, it helps you to relax, and it's a common thing that we all need, and there's just something about it that enhances community. Well, I brought, uh, because we're talking about food, I, I just wanted to, uh, for you to really be involved with this, and I've got, this is a chocolate mousse cake. That represents German chocolate to me, because I couldn't find a German chocolate cake. This has two pounds of chocolate mousse in it, according to the, to the label. Is that beautiful? And, and, and I think, uh, this is going to be available, by the way, after church <laughs> with the goodies, but the corner piece is my favorite, right? Uh, anybody else like the corner piece because you get lots and lots? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so look at that. Look at that. It's amazing. And uh, Katie is, is uh, she really likes us, so she gets that. Okay. Now, uh, I brought in, to represent my mom's pan-fried chicken, I brought in uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, it's, it doesn't come close to mom's chicken, uh, but, but it's good, and I can eat lots. Uh, uh, anybody like ch fried chicken? Yeah? Yeah? Well, here you go. Here you go. I, I think it's okay to eat in worship. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to Adam about this, but... Okay, okay. Um, and then, for the homemade ice cream, uh, I just brought a cup of Freddy's frozen custard, and it's empty. So, sorry about that. Uh, and then there's all this red licorice, five pounds of red licorice. Uh, look at that, look at that. Why'd I get it? I just love red licorice. I, I, I saw it and I thought, I gotta have that for the sermon. Any, anybody like licorice? Okay, people know now when they raise their hands, uh, they get something. There you go, there you go. Uh, and that, all this is gonna be available here, Adrian. Uh, We're talking about gluttony today. <laughs> and uh, I want us to look at our passage. It is Philippians chapter 3, uh, starting with verse 17 and reading through chapter 4, uh, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, uh, open them up or turn them on. Uh, and as, as Adam always reminds us, uh, we love to give away free Bibles. They're out on the Next Steps table. And I took one a few weeks ago because I didn't have that translation. And great Bible. Okay, Philippians 3. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. 
and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it, from heaven, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus, stand firm in this way, in the Lord, my beloved. And then I want to just jump over to Proverbs uh, 23. Gluttony is not talked about all that much in the Bible, and when it appears, uh, it appears quite a bit in uh, Proverbs, the collection of wise sayings, and uh, when it is, it's almost always paired. Uh, they talk about gluttons and drunkards, uh, both food and drink. Uh, Proverbs uh, 23, verse 19 through 21 says, Listen, my son, and be wise. Set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Well, uh, you know, we don't talk about gluttony much, and I don't think we even use the term very much uh, in our conversation. Um, let me find my spot here. But I'd like to... Uh, I want to share with you uh, first of all, and this is really, really important as we talk about gluttony. If you're taking notes, uh, we're going to cover three things. First, what gluttony is not, then what gluttony is, and then what is God's remedy. Uh, and, and the first point, what gluttony is not, I, I just want to clear the air here. It, it's very likely, as this subject comes up, if you are slim, trim, and just a fit machine, you may be sitting here thinking, this is great. This is going to be a great sermon. I can sit and listen. I know it's not about me. I, I've really, I'm handling this really well. Uh, and, and then for those of us that are carrying a little more weight than we'd like to, uh, you may be dreading uh, every word that comes out of my mouth this morning. It's just like, okay, right, this is pointed to me. Uh, I know I eat too much. Uh, could I just say, uh, gluttony is not about your weight when you get on the scales. It just virtually has nothing to do with that. In fact, I'd like to say this. What you weigh and how you look I don't think God cares much. I don't think it's a big concern. I know it's a way smaller concern than the pressure that exists in our culture to look a certain way. Uh, you know what God wants? He doesn't want your weight. He wants your heart. Uh, so I'd like you, whether you're thin or robust, uh, 
I think you're going to find that you, you may struggle with gluttony more than you think. And, uh, and we want to use this as God calling us back to himself and reminding us he is the one that wants to fill us up. So that's what, that's what gluttony isn't. Let's talk about what it is. I, I've got a, uh, a kind of definition here, uh, a guideline that I think you'll find helpful. What is gluttony? Any excessive attention on food and drink. It's kind of this over-the-board preoccupation, just uh, excessive preoccupation with what I put in my mouth or what I don't put in my mouth. It may be quantity. You may struggle with too much, uh, wanting too much. You may struggle with wanting too little. That could be a problem. Uh, you may you may be preoccupied with the quality of your food. As you can tell, my quality is high here, <laughs> right? right. Uh, you, may, you may be very, very picky about what you eat. And I'm not, being, I'm not talking about being picky for, uh, uh, for health reasons, if you're allergic to the... Just a, a pickiness about food that just quite honestly just goes over the top. It's just too much. Uh, it's as, as if uh, your life source is food. Um, so an excessive focus, an excessive preoccupation with quantity and quality of what goes in to me uh, or what doesn't go into me. And um, so today I'm going to tell you precisely what excessiveness is and it'll give you a perfect formula, and you're going to be happy and obedient to the Lord from here on out. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, problem is, I can't tell you what excessive is, but I know one who can. I know one who lives in his people, and it's the very same Spirit of God that created all things that exist. So guess what? He is pretty good at revealing to us when we're over the top in this area, especially if we approach him open-heartedly, saying, Lord, I, I don't know. Uh, help me. Show me if I've got an issue in this area. The problem is people that are excessive are, are always other people, not us, right? I, I'm, I'm pretty well balanced in, in my eating habits. Uh, <laughs> It's everybody else that gets a little excessive. So it, it's really hard. Uh, and I, I think you can relax about it. You don't have to uh, uh, you know, stir yourself up and say, I've got to figure out. Uh, just say, Lord, Lord, would, would you show me? I expose this to me. Show me if I'm over the top in my use of food or in my misuse of food. Um, Pretty simple. Well, um, did you catch when Mel was uh, praying the prayer of confession about our problem with self-centeredness? I just had to laugh. I thought, that may be everybody else's issue. But for this morning, I want to talk about me and my problem with gluttony. Um, when I'm with family and friends and there's lots of food around, uh, 
And by the way, I'm doing this, I, I'm giving you some insight into my life and my struggle with gluttony, hoping that God and his spirit may use it for you to relate to and to say, oh, oh, okay, that, that may be something I struggle with too. When I'm around family and friends, uh, and we have a lot of food around, and I'm just happy as a lark. Everything seems right in the world with, with people around and talking and eating. I always, I always eat too much when I'm in, the, when, when I'm in that setting. Uh, at the o- opposite extreme, when I'm feeling down and depressed, what do you do when everything seems wrong? You go to the refrigerator. Uh, when I'm feeling lonely, uh, I'm not necessarily alone, but when I, I, I just have this loneliness come over me, and, and, and it's just like a, a vacuum inside my soul, what do you do? You, you try to fill the vacuum with what you eat and drink. I do. Um, some other circumstances. Um, when I, if, if I'm feeling rejected, have you ever had somebody say something in a group or something and you feel like it was aimed at you and you just, you feel like, oh, I thought so. I, I'm worthless. I, I'm of no value at all. Uh, has that ever happened to you or is that just me? Is that, well, well, what do you do when you're feeling rejected and not acceptable to the people around you? I say, let's go home and eat. You know, I, I, I do. Um, if I'm fearful, if I'm grieving a loss, uh, food is so often uh, what I turn to. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine uh, our Savior uh, watching me and when I'm in my greatest need... Instead of turning my eyes and heart to him, I go to our refrigerator. Do you see the wickedness of that? It's just like saying, I don't need you, God. I just don't need you. Well, uh, enough of that. You, you get the idea. Uh, uh, I, often use, <clears throat> I often use food as a way of self-medicating the emptiness I'm feeling, the void I'm feeling inside, stuff that food was never purposed to deal with. Uh, I often self-medicate in that way with food or drink, and it never satisfies, ultimately. Well, let's go to the remedy. Uh, this is, this is uh, probably too much time on... Uh, on on this stuff and overdoing it or underdoing it. Um, what is the remedy? In, in our passage, um, Philippians chapter 3, after Paul says uh, these people are enemies of the cross, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, see, they're, they're using food as the one, the thing they turn to for hope and strength, and life, and happiness, and joy. 
They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. And then there's the big but in the passage. But in contrast to this, he says, our citizenship is in heaven. He's saying in contrast to setting our minds on earthly things, our citizenship is in heaven. Set your mind on the things above. And the Apostle Paul writes that in, in his letter to the Colossians. Set your mind on things above. Uh, above, in heaven, where we, from which we await a Savior one day to rescue us and transform us completely, totally. And then he says, Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm thus, stand firm in this way, uh, in the Lord, my beloved. In what way? Well, stand firm by remembering our citizenship is in heaven, by keeping our mind on things above, by clothing ourselves, clothing ourselves with godliness. Uh, I, I want to read several passages. These are short uh, but they're, they kind of use uh, eating and food metaphors to describe God meeting our spiritual and emotional needs. And I'd like you to just uh, uh, relax and listen and be amazed at what the Lord says here. Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Refuge in him, not the refrigerator. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They'll be satisfied. Uh, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Paul says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and high and long and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, I love this phrase, to know this love, that surpasses knowledge. Why? That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, isn't, isn't it how, how they're using the picture of being full and tasting and seeing the goodness of God and how sweet his words are? And then finally, uh, Ephesians 5.18. Don't get drunk on wine. It leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Well, um, I want to be more like that. And I take, take it, your being here this morning, you want to be like that. Whether you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or whether you don't, uh, look to him for the secret of contentment and satisfaction in the God of heaven and earth. 
that's really all the scriptures are inviting us to. Uh, Come and taste the sweetness of his truth. Taste the pleasure of his love. Taste his delight in you. Yeah, food, food is wonderful, it's good, it's enjoyable, but oh my goodness, don't use it to replace our creator. It's crazy. That, that doesn't even sound sensible, does it? But I still do it. I still do it. And I have a hunch uh, I, I'm not alone in that. Well, the question is, okay, I'm involved with the sin of gluttony, and it's one of those things that uh, comes back again and again. Uh, How do I win the struggle? How does God take this reality of my sin of gluttony and change me and transform me and give me uh, some victory, uh, allowing me to find uh, my hope and my strength, and my fulfillment in him, and not in this stuff. Um, King David, uh, this is uh, in the Old Testament uh, of renown, David and Goliath, the same David, a man after God's own heart, uh, he gave us just a, really a step-by-step Here's what I do to to, uh, change my soul. When when he wrote this psalm that we're going to look at just very briefly, he was uh, apparently experiencing kind of a numbness in his soul, kind of a a loss of appetite for God. Uh, We know what that feels like, just like, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I, I, I know it's... That's good, but I just don't seem to really be all that interested. I don't have much of an appetite for the God who gives me my every breath and my every heartbeat. Well, David experienced that. And let's say, uh, let's say you're feeling that way, even today. Uh, in Psalm 103, uh, I want us to look at what David said. And we're going to, uh, so the question is, how does God rescue me? How does God rescue us from the sin of gluttony? Uh, and, and before we look at Psalm 103, uh, step one, Lord, will you expose my sin? The same David in Psalm 139, last couple verses, guess what he says? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David is saying, Lord, expose my sin and then please don't leave me there. Change me. Change me into the person you want me to be. Uh, That's the first key. Uh, and you don't have to even be uptight about this and, and struggle with this. Just, just say, Lord, would you expose sin in my life? And he is so good at it, folks. He's been doing this for centuries. And just relax. Ask him and wait and see what he shows you.
So it's not up to you. It's not on your shoulders. Isn't that great? That's freedom. It's for freedom that we've been set free. Uh, okay, expose the problem. And then the second thing, we're going to go to, to uh, Psalm uh, 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, uh, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Uh, David is talking to his soul. He's preaching to himself because he's lost his appetite for God. He just feels a darkness inside, just a spiritual, emotional blah. So what's he do? He starts talking to himself. Soul, praise the Lord. Everything that's in me, won't you praise his holy name? Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What's he saying there? Uh, it's so easy for me to forget the benefits of knowing my Savior. Soul, quit forgetting. Forget not my benefits. Uh, and then he starts listing the benefits. This, this is a man of God who knows himself and knows he's got to preach the good news to himself again and again and again and again. So he starts listing the benefits. Uh, what's he say? Who forgives all your sins. He's talking to his soul now. Soul, he forgives all your sins. In our case this morning, the sin of gluttony. Let's say you're here now and God's been moving somehow and you're, just feel, you're really feeling awful. And, and you, you know you, you're very deeply involved with this sin. Here's the truth. David is preaching to himself just like we need to be. Soul, he forgives all your sins. You know your self-centeredness. You know your tendency to want to self-medicate by, by using food and drink. Uh, he forgives you. He forgives you. There's no condemnation. He forgives you. He heals all your diseases. He's just saying, soul, one day, one day, you're going to see progress in, in, in defeating this sin of gluttony. One day, it's just going to be gone. And no more struggle. No more struggle at all. Uh, then he goes on who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Uh, you know, I talked about being depressed and running to the refrigerator. And uh, uh, I don't know if that sounds funny. I don't know if you deeply relate to that. Uh, but it's just a reality in my life. Uh, more often than not, that is my response, hoping food will fix me. Uh, David, let's say David had some feasts and had this problem himself. He says, soul... He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He pulls you out of the pit and sets you on solid ground and identifies you with his love and compassion. Soul, you don't have to run to food and drink. You're free of that. Why not run to the one 
that can restore you to himself and, and make love and compassion the hallmark of your life. Doesn't that sound good? Uh, David is preaching to himself. You know, the good thing about preaching to yourself, you're always with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, you're always there. Uh, it's no problem. Uh, and then David, uh, this is, this is uh, the, the fifth verse, uh, is beautiful. Uh, David says, Soul, he satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, my soul has appetites for pleasure, uh, for joy, for, for acceptance. My soul wants to belong to a, a community bigger than itself. My soul wants to make a difference in the world, doesn't yours? And David is preaching to his soul and says, soul, he, the Savior, satisfies you with good. He's the one that can bring fulfillment uh, to those appetites, totally satisfy. Uh, so, the, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm not sure altogether what that means, but I think it at least means this. He's saying, soul, your youth, your vitality, your clarity of purpose, your joyfulness, your, your life, soul, will be renewed as you turn to the Savior. Isn't that great news? Great news. Uh, are you slim and trim? Are you carrying more weight than you'd like? Well, who cares? Run to Jesus. Instead of running to food and drink or running away from them to try to uh, satisfy yourself, just run to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're really something. We, we just... Uh, Rationally, it makes no sense to us to think that food could somehow fill uh, the spiritual and emotional voids uh, in our souls, uh, and yet we do it. Uh, Lord, uh, we want to ask, as a community of faith, we want to ask you, by your mercy, to expose our sin. Forgive us for pushing you away and running, running to something that uh, 
we can self-medicate with instead of turning to you, the great physician, for our life and hope and strength and joy and satisfaction. And Lord, we, we rejoice in you just knowing the fact that this isn't all up to us. Uh, you'll expose and you'll work with us in transforming, even to the point of seeing victory. Oh, increase our appetite for you, our Heavenly Father, Jesus, our Savior, and Spirit of God who lives in us. Uh, increase our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.